You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. So, this alligator snapping turtle, this thing is prehistoric. It just looks... What can they teach us? If they could only talk, think about that. They they were here before Disney came in, right? They yeah. Probably... Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. Good morning, Angie. Hello. Good evening, Chris. <laughs> yes, I know. Actually, it's, it's like early afternoon, but it feels like morning, you know, especially when you have a three-year-old. It's <laughs> late here, and it, feel, it feels yeah. like it's been a long day when you have a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, that's for sure. One-and-a-half-year-old, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. They're in bed dreaming about animals, animal conservation, yep. so I don't have to yep. worry about them for now. We get to have fun tonight or this morning yeah. for you because we're going to be talking yeah. about our first species of turtle. Yeah, the alligator snapping turtle. Like I just every time I hear that, I, I just whack. You I know. know I, hear, I just think you know, of it. It was like yeah. go, it was like go big or go home. Like, you know. So yes, we, we picked yes. kind of one of the largest and maybe not well known, or perhaps after no. this episode, it'll be more well known, but very yeah. iconic uh, species yes. of turtles. Yeah, I mean, just it, ancient looking, right? That's everything I've I've read about them. It's just this ancient, you know, dinosaur looking like turtle. Absolutely. Just, they, yeah, I mean, I have a picture that I'm looking at right now, and it's yeah. almost it's almost unbelievable how it's much terrifying. Of, you yeah, know? of how ancient it looks, yeah. and but really, really cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you'll definitely have to stay tuned to hear a good description and to learn more yeah. about the alligator snapping turtle. You know, and I just want to say. Before we, we, we get rolling, I just this morning it, it kind of hit me because I was taking out the rubbish to the curb and you know. oh, you're so such a New Zealander now. <laughs> yeah, I'm cheeky. <laughs> so my three year old, <laughs> my three year old Brick comes home and starts just it's in his lexicon now. He just starts he's talking like a kiwi already. But I was taking out the garbage or the rubbish, and I was thinking about when I was putting down my recycling. You know, I know sometimes we're always talking about you know, and you and I always try to keep this upbeat. But I was very proud of humanity because I was actually putting out recycling. And I remember as a kid, we didn't recycle. No one cared. No. No. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you a little horrible family secret. We burned our trash. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how far out in the country I live. There was no service. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so yeah. Bravo that's to everybody. Extra nasty. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people that recycle, you know, thank you. Because it made me, I just, it dawned on me when I was putting it out. Thinking about us recording today, and I was like, you know, we have come, and we're we're, we're making progress. We, we definitely well, are. Well, and you, it's so funny you mentioned this, Chris, because I'm not even making this up. True story. Yeah. Just tonight, two hours ago, we're finishing dinner, and I think that not only are we making progress, like you said, like mm-hmm. our generation, but I think the next generation yeah. is going to make even more more progress because right. my my four year old Xander, we're getting done with dinner, and I gave them. If you're not a parent, I apologize. But if you're a parent, you have to know these like about these squeezable applesauce packets. Yes, yes. <laughs> with a twist-off lid, they're wonderful. They're convenient. They're horrible for the environment. Mm. I had a big party this weekend to celebrate my graduation, so I had mm. them for the kids. 
We had some left over. We had them for dinner. Yeah. I threw it in the trash because they're a weird type of um, like foil uh, almost, right? Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. they're made of. They're not the normal one, two, three, four that our recycling bins yeah. will accept here in the city that I live in. So I threw it in the trash, and I and I did look at the bottom to make sure that I couldn't recycle it. Mm-hmm. But I got busted <laughs> by the Zan- busted by the Xander police. <laughs> he says, "Mom," and I said, "What?" He said, "Can you recycle that applesauce?" And yeah. it was it was kind of like cool and annoying at the same moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that I was like getting like I was totally called yes. out by my four year old. Yes. and and so then I'd explain to him that it's not recycle it can't go in our normal recycle bin, but it's this special thing called like terra terra not terracotta, but uh, yeah. some kind of special where I think you can actually mail it in and they'll oh, recycle okay. it. Okay, but a pain in the keister, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, Chris, I, yeah. because of him, I was like, you know what, Xander, I will look into it. We'll save them. And yeah. now I'm going to have to totally recycle these really yeah. hard things to recycle. Yeah. <laughs> Good Xander. <laughs> Good Xander, our paleontologist. But it's, no, it is. It's developing healthy habits, right, for the environment. And our children are learning. I think yeah. even my two, they know to recycle. Like, where does this go, Dad? You know, oh, it goes in recycling. Or, you know, my three-year-old, can we recycle this? So yeah. that I, we didn't have that growing up. So develop those habits with your kids. That's going to pay off dividends long time. And then you're forced to put your money where your mouth is. Like me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this weekend. You know, we're at the the mall eating lunch, and it's like everything's in plastic and plastic straws. Oh, it's so, so horrible. It's once yeah. you start looking at everything, you're like, Ugh. yeah. But then you can do your little part and not ask for a straw or not ask yeah. for a lid. I did that this weekend yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. every so little just, bit. I think, like you said, just being aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. So don't, we're not, First we're not, sh- yeah, they're not shaming anybody or anything like that. And, oh, no. If you're a mom on yeah. the road, just throw that pack in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. You can only do so much. Yeah. So at the end today, we're going to talk about this controversy with snapping turtles and their bite force. And I remember, uh, oh, it was 10 years ago. I think it was Discovery Channel or Animal Planet. They were doing measurements on bite force and, they came up with the conclusion that snapping turtles had the highest bite force of any animal. They did sharks, great white sharks, oh, wow. other yeah. things. And so we're going to talk about that because it, it, it's controversial that, that some people say, no, they actually don't have the strongest bite force. So stay tuned and we will, we will do that. But I'm really excited about this one. Angie. I'm again, like I say this every week. It's, it's like on replay. <laughs> I'm excited about every animal, but this one was cool. To, to research, and one of the first questions I had was, okay, what is the difference between a turtle and tortoise? Almost like we did, what's the difference between a frog and a toad, right? Sure. So, so you tell me, what's the difference? Well, I, so this is the answer that yeah. Xander would give you if you asked him, yeah. if he wasn't yeah. sleeping. The quick answer is that a turtle is going to live in water, mm-hmm. where a tortoise, on the other hand, almost exclusively is land-dwelling animals. Mm-hmm. And they have stubby feet, and they're not really good swimmers. But it should be noted that both turtles and tortoises are very similar. They're ectotherms, which means mm-hmm. that their body temperature is based on the temperature of the air around them. Word of the or, day. Or air or water is ectotherm. Yeah. They lay eggs and they breathe air. They have scales and shells. So they're very mm-hmm. similar. The only big differences are turtles are in water and then tortoises are on land for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted it's not 100% distinct. But tortoises, the land-dwelling guys, they are typically herbivores, too, that only mm-hmm. eat low-lying shrubs yeah. and cacti and grass. This is another form of vegetation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas a turtle um, is going to be more of an omnivore and perhaps eat lots of different types of food like fish or insects, uh, maybe a little bit of grass here and there. So. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest difference. Uh, yeah, that's what I always kind of thought. You know, the difference between turtles and tortoises, and that's kind of what I thought with frogs and toads. But what the heck's a terrapin? I always hear like the Maryland University of Maryland terrapins. So what's right. a terrapin? I yeah. know it, it, it is. It's a little confusing. Uh, I always just thought of the Grateful Dead album Terrapin Station. So. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can tell you can tell the crowd that I ran with in yes, high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, but. Terrapin basically is a term that's just used for turtles that are semi-aquatic. 
Hmm. So they live near brackish waters or swampy waters. Uh, they It's mostly like a mix between a turtle and a tortoise, okay. but... It's basically a turtle, okay. okay so okay. it's gonna go. It's gonna go in the in the in the turtle category if it right. has to, but they are probably gonna spend a little more time on land than your typical right. turtle. Right. Yeah, I remember you know talking to Corbin last week, and the one story you know we're gonna get into alligator snapping turtles where I actually saw one, you know, wow, in the middle yeah, of yeah, a yeah. walkway, and it wasn't a huge like two hundred pounder, but you know it was it was pretty sizable. And I even asked my my seven-year-old, I was like, oh, you remember? Because I told him driving to school this morning, and I was like, oh, you know, we're going to record about alligator snappy turtles. And he's like, Dad, remember when we saw that one? You know, cool. He's like three. He, he remembered. Yeah, yeah, they have good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. So then back to what, you know, I was saying to Corbin last week, you know, I remember just Florida, all the wildlife we have down there, you know, the gators are everywhere, you know, snappy turtles, the red belly sliders, right? Those big ones in Florida. They're oh, everywhere. Them. Yeah, they're yeah. so cute. Yeah, they're everywhere on logs. You go kayaking in Florida or anything. Florida's got awesome wildlife. Yeah, well, and I think in general, the turtle or the tortoise, but primarily probably the turtle, really hits home with everybody, every little kid. We were all young once and either Mm -hmm. found a turtle, helped it across the road, or uh, a friend maybe had a pet turtle, or a school maybe had Mm -hmm. a turtle in a tank. So I think our general attraction to them goes back to when you're really young. And mm-hmm. for me, since it is the first time we're covering a turtle species, thank goodness the story has nothing to do with an alligator snapping turtle yeah, or a yeah. snapping turtle in general. Yeah. But for me, my first turtle experience out in the country, <laughs> this will be yeah. good. Wait for it. Yeah, yeah, Wait yeah, yeah. for okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you haven't heard this one. Uh, so I was probably Xander's age, three or four, uh, definitely old enough to remember. And of course we found a turtle, my sister and myself and our dear friends and neighbors. So my older sister, Molly and her best friend, Casey, uh, who hopefully you're out there listening because Casey was one of my original fans. She loved the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those two silly older girls told me the safest place for the turtle was across the street. I don't know if that was like from the joke or what, but uh-huh. across the street and as I'm going, so they had me cross the street. I mean, hopefully they had me look both ways. I don't even know. Right, but it's, a, right, it's a country, so not many. Yeah. A, car, a car drives by like every once an hour, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so yeah. I'm across the street, and they're on the other side, way up near the house. And they're like, Angie, Angie, the turtle's so sad that you're saying goodbye to it. You should give it a kiss goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Chris, so the innocent four-year-old or whatever I was at the time, I... Plant my lips right on, <laughs> right on that turtle. And of course, my parents weren't watching or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right on the turtle. And lo and behold, guess what the turtle did, Chris? I could tell with your nose. Yeah, I, I could yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. So it bit me, and it bit me hard, oh. and, it, and it clamped onto my bottom lip. Ow. And so then I was yelling, help me, help me, help me, <laughs> as this like, you know, two, two pound, three pound turtle was like yeah. flapping in the wind. Uh, uh, and luckily, and the girls now, I think we're freaking out across the yeah, street or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And luckily I was smart enough to not rip it off my mouth. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I either waited it out or finally, finally it like, let go. Mm-hmm. It, re- it realized I wasn't going to hurt it. And to this day, Chris, I still have a scar on my lip. Uh, I've never seen it. I was just teasing. But yeah, I think your sister owes you a lot for that still. You know, I do. That How? trauma. That trauma. Yeah. I know. It, I mean, luckily, I had a deep-rooted love for all animals, including reptiles. Like, that didn't mm-hmm. turn me off. You would think mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. would turn a kid like myself no. off, but it didn't because I just love animals so much. It yeah. just made me learn about how to be smarter and make smarter choices and how to handle animals better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like me and the peeing toad. You know, my, my still my mother-in-law doesn't let me leave that one down. That's so funny. <laughs> don't, don't pick up toads, people. They, they will pee on you. So this alligator snapping turtle... This thing is prehistoric. It just looks like a dinosaur. It's just gnarly looking, I guess is a good word for it. Just to kind of give you a visual, you know, I think most people, again, know what a turtle looks like. But this one just, you know, has some differences that make it look just crazy. It looks like a plated dinosaur. Uh, it does. For, for yeah. any dinosaur geek out there, um, it's been related to an Ankylosaurus, mm-hmm. basically because of 
the the spikes, which that's right, not the, the right plates. word, but the peaks yeah. or whatever they are, they have like a, three or four of them right along the back. Yeah, the yeah. So the the pointed spikes, they, yeah, it goes laterally down their back. Yeah, so, a couple rows of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got great pictures that I'll put on the show notes. So they do have this shell that's just, it just looks, you know, like most turtles have smooth shells. Of course. Th- this alligator snapping turtle doesn't. It's, it's, it's spiky. It's ridgy. You know, their mouths, they, their mouths have like a sharp beak with two fine points, one upper, one lower. So it looks pretty that, uh, pretty ancient there. Thick, spiky skin around their, I, I call it fat, heavy head, you know. Very like you think of thick, turtles. A thick neck. Thick, yeah, long, powerful yeah. neck. Mm-hmm. Yes. You would think like turtles have these long, elegant necks. This one's not. This one's like a linebacker, you know, in the NFL, just like, uh, really long claws, almost like, you know, they almost look like a grizzly bear claws. They, now their colors are brown, green, darker gray is what I read. And this was funny and kind of probably once we get to behavior, usually covered in algae. Yes, definitely. Most yeah, pictures, yeah. they are covered in algae, so they look yeah. green, more green than yes. they truly are. Yeah, because that's where they live, and, and they're not super active. And they have a really long tail. Mm-hmm. And then what got me was the eyes. Like, you look at turtles, and they kind of have, like, these bulging fish eyes, but the alligator snapping turtle, I would say, like, it was like a snake. Almost like, you know, they have that crazy-looking eye. Well, and interestingly enough, their eyes are also surrounded by a star-shaped arrangement of fleshy filament almost eyelashes Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. definitely kind of gives it that appearance Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so just just crazy looking now the alligator snapping turtles live in the southeastern united states generally any rivers canals lakes you know from louisiana all the way over to florida where angie is i mean she definitely has snapping turtles in her area and then they did go and we're going to talk about it, but they did go a little bit farther north, north of Tennessee into Illinois and Iowa and some places there. But, you know, once we get to conservation, they don't believe they're there anymore. Yeah, they say that they historically were endemic to the U.S. and rivers that drain into the Gulf of Mexico. So I just always think of mm-hmm. anything around or near or eventually right. drains into the Mississippi River Basin right. or over here, like the Suwannee over here by us in, uh, in Florida. By you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they're not where you grew up in Michigan. They weren't as far north as there, but there no. was the common snapping turtle. Right, and that's the one that I'm that very lucky there. that right. my sister and her friend yes. did not make me kiss. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yes. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you would have uh, had some surgery back then because, yeah, those suckers are up there, up in Canada, right? So they, yeah, they, they could be up there, but not the no. alligator ones. And the common snapping turtle, they have a smoother shell. They're just not as crazy looking as the alligator snapping yeah. turtle. So not as, I guess, charismatic is, is the word. Sure. Like yeah. Just distinct looking charismatic. And I think that leads right next into the one, the most important things about the alligator snapping turtle is mm-hmm. its size. Yeah. They're huge, right? Crazy big. I, that's what yeah, was yeah. striking to me doing the research. I hadn't, because I've not, I have not encountered one here in Florida and it just hasn't been on my radar. And so doing the research yeah. and looking at photo, I mean, looking at a photo doesn't do it justice unless it's next to something else to show you just how big it is or, or like in the video of, uh, uh, Corbin picking one up. That's, that's right. where, you know, right. so when it's compared to like a, a person's body, that's where you can kind of start to see and begin to understand how big they are. Right. Yeah, I mean, they weigh as much as I do. They can. And, you know, up to 230 pounds, 100 kilograms, there are reports of some living, you know, not living, some weighing up to 300 pounds. And I think those are more under human care, so they just have the optimal diet and just get old and heavy. But, yeah, they're they're huge. Yeah, there's many different sizes reported for these guys. One of the one of the largest ones uh, was out of Kansas in 1937. It was alligator snapping turtle weighing about 403 pounds wow. or 183 wow. kilograms, but that's never been able to be verified. So right. that's, I guess, maybe not a great talking point. But what has been verified, like you said, at the zoo, mm. uh, there was one in uh, Brookfield Zoo in Chicago mm. that was 236 pounds. Mm-hmm. Another one in uh, a different Sue that was almost 300, but right, researchers right. 
took a whole bunch of studies and on from different studies, the three different averages were 50 pounds, 30 pounds mm-hmm. and uh, 99 pounds. So yeah, they can they can get pretty darn big. That's for sure. Right, right, right. And I think you know, optimal diet. They're getting fed, you know, uh, daily or whatever it is. They, you know, pretty often. Now the alligator snapping turtle. There are actually three species, or they believe there may now be three species. The the typical common scientific name is Marcochellus temeniki. That is their species name. Now, a recent evidence, again, as we do DNA studies and some of these other things, that they're pushing that there might be three distinct species, and they're separated by, like, millions of years of evolution. It's not a recent split. Yeah. Now, this is really interesting data coming out of 2014 from the Center Mm -hmm. of Biological Diversity. Yeah. So, it has a huge impact, right? Yeah. It really does because... They are already, their population's already declining, of -hmm. course, because of habitat loss and human Mm -hmm. encroachment and even being hunted. But when you take what was thought to be one species now to potentially be three species, Mm -hmm. then their numbers are, of course, going to be much more smaller. Lower, yeah. Lower than previously thought or endangered. And the other species, uh, it, do you want to go ahead and say the other two? I you you want to say them? No. <laughs> Come on, Edge. <laughs> yes, you do. You want to say it. You want to say it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, I'll the do the. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. Just for kicks and giggles, I will do yeah. the one by me because okay. I'm uh, yeah. here in Central Florida. One of the new species is the Swanee snapping turtle, otherwise mm-hmm. known as M. Swaniensis? No. <laughs> this is why I have you do it. Right. Swaniensis. Swaniensis of the Swanee there River, just right down the road from me. So uh, uh, that uh, that one has been declared as a separate species. And then right. there's another one that's been proposed, but is not generally yeah. recognized as another species, which is the... Appalachie River. So that's Appalachie Cole. Or nice. Apalachicole, yeah, Apalachicole. So you could do this for a yeah. living, Chris, like enunciation. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been working on it. Yeah, Marcocellus Apalachicole. So that's the the three different species that they're proposing. Yeah, I'm gonna go get on that species name list. Like, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I bet it pays. I bet it pays a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So evolution. Here we go. Turtle evolution. Now, there's not a lot on alligator snapping turtles as far as where they've evolved again you know who somebody i know somebody out there is studying this stuff it's just there's not a lot of papers out there a lot of scientific research so just to kind of sum up turtle evolution this spans over 220 million years yeah like these guys really are really, they are walking dinosaurs let's yes. i mean they are yeah the reptilians i think you know when you look at snakes and now you look at these turtles they are really old and they can date the first fossil. Now, there's some debates even earlier than 220 million years that there was turtle-like animals, but their plates, it wasn't a complete shell. Okay. So they had separate plates. Mm-hmm. The first time there was interlocking plates, like a complete shell, was about 220 million years ago. And, you know, there are theories on how they evolved, you know, some with the archaeosaurs, which are also crocodile-like animals mm-hmm. that uh, that they evolved with. Some people propose that they've evolved completely from, themse- some, from themselves. So, you know, a lot of debate in the scientific community of people that study this stuff. But it's, it's, I think the important message is these are ancient, ancient animals. And the alligator snapping turtle evolved specifically in North America. Yes, and I think it should be also noted that it is definitely a different genus than the common snapping turtle. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're kind of their own little offshoot on the turtle tree. Right. Right. Which that's why it'd be such a bummer if they did go extinct because they're kind of... Oh, they're so unique. Yeah, they're so unique. They're They're the only one from this branch to still be around. Right, and they've carved out their own ecological niche, which we'll get to in nutrition and stuff. So, AJ, I found the largest turtle ever. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask you where. Where do you think? No, no, let me give you a story. So when they did Titanoboa, they actually had some skeletons. That's actually where the 
the researcher, yeah, I, I talked about it last week with Corbin, but the the scientist from UF, he was down in these coal mine pits in Colombia looking for large crocodilian and turtle bones and shells. So they did have some that they recovered at the museum there on campus. But, so that should give you a clue. Where do you think the largest turtle ever evolved? South America. No, New Zealand. No, it's good. Oh. Yeah, South America. South oh, America. Okay. <laughs> You're right. South America. South America. Yay. So stupid demis. And this was lived about 5 million years ago. They actually, here you go. Cause I know you said in a recent pod that you, it was the blue whales that you mm-hmm. want to go see the uh, blue whale at the new, the American natural history museum in New York. Yes. So go yeah. on the bucket Def- list this summer. You do. When you drive, go through and see it because they actually have this guy. So you oh, take a picture. Yeah. They have this guy hanging from the and ceiling. And what's it called again? Stupid. Stu- I know. Stupid. It sounds like stupid, but it's stupid Emmys. Uh-huh. So, cool. yeah, so, okay. yeah, it's, it's up there. That fourth, I think it's the fourth floor there is where they have, the, uh, Xander would go crazy. All the dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. And oh, now they have a new one. Like his neck goes through doorways and stuff. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, so definitely go. So this guy, uh, total length was like 11 feet. Their shell was Whoa. almost eight feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, I couldn't find any weights on them, but I imagine a ton or two, like huge turtle, huge That's turtle. Awesome. Wouldn't want it, yeah, wouldn't want it uh, falling on you. So no, no. So these guys lived over five million years ago, Angie. So you know, I I definitely think there's a link with the alligator snapping turtles. So how, I have a question, and I don't know if you can answer this or not. I'm going to test your knowledge. Uh-oh. How how long can these things live? Like, Ooh, do they live forever well, or what? Uh, I do, I always think of the Galapagos tortoise right. because I know they can live over a hundred years or even more than that. Maybe yeah. 200. Isn't there's one still alive from Darwin or did it just pass away? There was one like almost 200. I don't know. I oh, we got to look it up. Remember. I'm dying now. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would say probably a while, but I don't know the, the answer. A hundred right, years. Right, right, right. Yeah, roughly 100 years. That's ah, what they think. 100 years. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you're Dr. Angie now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they live yeah, up to 100. Like, that's that's a long time. Yeah, so, that's a really long time. Yeah, there's some ancient ones crawling around the swamps of Florida. They are they are really big. So not only do they live... Boy, if they, if they could only talk, think about that. They... They were here before Disney came in, right? They were yeah. probably living in the swamps. They were here before the Burmese python. Came. I know, I know. I still go back to the, the what was it the bowhead whale? It still had a harpoon from the 1800s in it. Like just uh, some of these animals are just so ancient. The the, the stories so they could cool. tell. Yeah. So these, you know, we talked about sizes. You know, not only are they heavy, their shells can be as long as 65 centimeters or 26 inches, so almost two feet a, a, across. Now the females are are much smaller. Right. Sure. Did you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 23 kilograms or 50 pounds and their shells are only like a foot long or a little bit over a foot long, 15 inches and pretty much just spend their entire life in water. And they just, I would say they're kind of set, sedent, sedentary. They just don't do a lot. Right. They just kind of, right. No, nope. their behavior. Percy, yeah, exactly. They are in the water most of their lives. It's pretty much only the females to come out to lay their eggs Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, they're going to be in the water and most likely just laying at the bottom. And contrary to their name, alligator snapping turtle, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they're not really an aggressive type turtle. They're not. They're not even hunting their food like a typical perhaps mm-hmm. turtle might do. Uh, they pretty much just lay down at the bottom of these murky waters and lay and wait for their food to pretty much come into their mouth. Right. Well, and of course, Chris, because of their name, alligator snapping turtle, they sound tough or maybe scary. And of course they are scary ish looking, if you will. Um, I think they're kind of cute with the green algae on their back, but the reason they have this green algae on their back is because they pretty much just lay around the bottom and wait for the food to come into their mouth. They're not, uh, out there hunting or chasing after fish or something as another aquatic species might be doing. Mm-hmm. They're laying down at the bottom and they're actually opportunistic feeders. Right. So they're, they rely on the food that they've caught live themselves, but they'll also consume dead organisms, which they can scavenge. Mm. And the really cool recent discovery that was made is that this uh, alligator snapping 
turtle's mouth is camouflaged, right? If you look at the picture in our show notes, you can see right, how right. they just, they almost look like a rock or a stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they possess, it's called a vermiform or a worm shaped appendage yeah. at the tip of their tongue. And, and we'll have to put some, a picture on the right, show notes. Yeah. I mean, it really looks like they have their normal tongue, like what you'd think, I guess, a turtle tongue looks like. Yeah. But then from it, they have this long thing that sticks out and wiggles <laughs> like a worm. It's, now, it's like can, a lure. We could back up the bus a little bit. You French kissed the turtles. <laughs> you told us that story. I know. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, my first kiss. And it did uh, not go well. So let's just say I waited till after high school for the next kiss after that. You know what I mean? Wink, did, wink, wink. Maybe not. Maybe prince. not. Yeah, yeah, maybe not till after high school, but you yeah. know, a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a good little Michigan girl would do. But, but yeah, no, Chris, so it's crazy. Yeah. They use this, they use this, um, vermiform, worm shaped appendage at the tip of their tongue. And this is called a, a form of Peckhamian mimic, mimicry. Oh, or, okay. Mimicry, yeah, Peckhamian yeah. mimicry or aggressive mimicry. Wow, and, that's crazy. Yeah. And it, yeah, it basically, uh, is just, cons- it's called like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Hmm. They basically use exploitation to, of mm. something, some, maybe some of their body parts, maybe a scent or something to lure, lure its, um, lure a benefit towards itself, right. whether it's F- a mate food, or in this yeah. case it's food because that a, a fish goes for this little worm and all they have to do is clamp down on that, that large jaw, which we'll right. talk about the force in which they can do right. that and they have a meal. So I know it makes is- me hear you talk about that. Like my toes hurt. I don't know why. Like I just think of all the times <laughs> I was swimming in Florida and I was like those things on the bottom and they, they're really camouflaged really well. Oh yeah. And if like your toe got in their mouth, like it's game over for that toe. Like just ow. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh. it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, but the good news is they probably don't, no offense to your hairy toes. Yeah. They don't probably uh, want to eat no. your toe more than you want them to eat your toe. So and- yeah. Yeah. And, no, they, and I mean, they're, they're not really, yeah. yeah. I mean, typically toes are not what they're going for. They're going for fish, fish carcasses, mollusks, mm-hmm. carrion, amphibians. But they they have been known to eat snakes, crayfish, worms, water birds, aquatic yeah. plants, and yeah. other turtles. So yes, red belly yes. sliders, watch out. Yeah, for the alligator snapping turtles. Because they're carn- carnivorous. Uh, you know, they, sure, they like sure. their meat, and, yeah. And I don't know how much is documented in the literature, uh, because mm-hmm. once again, diving the literature, besides this newest update about them potentially being three separate species and how mm-hmm. we, this means we really need to ramp up their conservation if they really are three species to help protect them. But other than that, there, there's not a ton about them and it's probably because they do lie around at the bottom of murky waters. So they're just, right. you can't really, it's not like you, a bird or a mammal where you can go with your binoculars and sit and study these guys. Uh, right. But there, there's alleged reports that they'll eat aquatic rodents, including nutrias, muskrats, sometimes even squirrels, possum, raccoons, and armadillos, mm-hmm. if they're right. by the water's edge. So, right. yeah, I mean, they're obviously, a, they're definitely an opportunistic feeder, which is probably yeah. one of the reasons why they're so darn successful, even with all yeah. the... And all, all the different problems that are happening now um, with the watershed in Florida and with um, human encroachment. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Everglades and the, yeah, know, all the, it's, it's scary. Yeah. yeah, the chemicals getting dumped in there. And I, I have to look back in Florida. They had that one river that was just like green slime, right? It was just all that. Oh, I forgot. It was a couple of years ago down there. I don't know if that ever uh, got resolved. Yeah. But, I'm, not, I'm not familiar yeah. with that one. It's probably because yeah, I was, was so busy studying for one of your exams. I didn't have time to probably. know what was going yeah, on in real life. <laughs> you were in the lab. <laughs> you were Well, you were pregnant, one, and then you were in the lab, too, yes. you know, uh, working hard. I know. We'll have to put, but, we'll have to put the, the funny picture of me up with um, with uh, where I was heavily pregnant and my lab coat's busting open. That's <laughs> <laughs> the funniest. That is. Uh, give you a lot, of, a lot of kudos for that one, Ange. So while they're hunting, they they stay underwater pretty long, right? Sure, yeah. There's they say around fifty minutes, but up to an hour, yeah. up to sixty minutes, which is a long time. Long, longer than a blue whale, yeah. right? We just did blue whales a couple weeks ago, and an hour underwater. I just I couldn't find any of the physiology on it, but I imagine it's something similar. Me neither. It was I was it was kind of a bumbinger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's just there's just. There's not a lot of info out there on some of these things, but we'll, we'll keep digging. Well, maybe you and I will ins- 
Yeah, or maybe you and I will inspire a budding grad student to, uh, or yeah. an undergrad student or a high school student or somebody to want to answer some of these questions so we can learn more about them to help. Them right, right. Them, right? And I, I imagine it's something probably like the hemoglobin and kind of like the whales where they just have a lot more and they can store oxygen. But now, going into behavior, I mean, I know there's not a lot because they don't do much, but I, I did read they're pretty docile. So their reputation of being this uh, horrible, you know, you know, monster it's not true it's totally not true chris and i think you bring up a really good point because it's always hard when animals have these stereotypes Mm -hmm. right nobody wants a stereotype especially for goodness sakes if it's not true and yeah i think because they're basically opportunistic feeders they're not going after anyone you shouldn't not not want them in your Mm -hmm. watershed Uh, they definitely play a critical role especially if they're eating carrion i mean who would want stink you know stinky carrion in their watershed so and they're docile just laying there Uh, but i do think it's interesting because some people choose to keep alligator snapping turtles as pets Mm -hmm. and they can be captive bred now chris there is a group of reptile experts or enthusiasts out there people that love turtles that do keep alligator snapping turtles as pets Mm -hmm. however due to their potential size right we talked about being up in the 100 pound range huge they have really specific needs and for most people they're not going to make a good pet Mm -hmm. uh for anybody that's unless you're like the most experienced aquatic turtle keeper because They're not only like tortoises that just need land, they, they, they need the water element and mm-hmm. their size. So in general, uh, it's probably not recommended, at least in my opinion, uh, because of these specific needs and diet and size. And if, in fact, in the U.S., certain states are actually banning them as pets, such as California. Right. Um, probably because of the welfare issues and it, it, and just, it does really take an experienced handler to even move these guys. Right. Like if you see one in the wild, if you do live in the South, like myself, you, you want to be very careful, not from their, Oh, so they're aggressive and going to attack you, but you wouldn't want to move one without really knowing what you're doing. There's a proper way to handle them. Uh, you can, if you ever came across one, you could Google it or, I uh, walked around it. I did not. Yeah, that's the smartest I, thing to do. I let, you know, like, uh, I think the hard part is, like, when a turtle's crossing the road, you know, I've I've helped turtles. You know, you don't want to take them back to where they were coming from because they're moving with a purpose. You just take them to the other side, the direction they're going. Sure. I would uh, Alligator snapping turtle, I don't think I would even mess with it. In preparing for this episode, I watched a lot of videos, and you can see expert handlers – They'll grab them like behind their neck on the top of their shell or mm-hmm. carapace and then yeah. the very back by their tail. And they say right. that that's, but I mean, then you have to be able to lift a hundred pounds, which I mean, I think right. I, can do, I can do, I can lift my dog. She's 76.4 pounds. We just weighed her the other day. I can yeah. do her, but it's not pretty. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're very big, but yeah, like your, your instinct would be to grab them by the side, but especially like an alligator sappy turtle, it could turn its neck and, and nip you. Sure. Because right? it's yeah. going to defend itself. It's going to yeah. defend itself. Yeah. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, I would not recommend keeping this as a pet. And no. once again, if you ever do find yourself with a, a exotic animal or ter- an exotic reptile and you're not able to care for it, make sure you check out some of the pet amnesty websites that can help you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. can help you find a home for that because Please don't make the mistake of just setting your turtle go out in the wild. Yeah, um, never. It will die. That is not that is not in the best interest of the animal, uh, especially if they've been. Well, and that's how we have all these invasive species too. Exactly. Like, you know, the, the lionfish yeah. off the coast of Florida. Yeah. So you know? there's definitely plenty yeah. of websites out there, and there's tons of great groups too for specific species that'll help you relocate mm-hmm. it to find a new home. But honestly, I always say before you do. Any pet, even a puppy or a a cat, Mm -hmm. uh, do Mm -hmm. your research because not every pet is for every family or every person. And reptiles, interestingly enough, are a lot more expensive than people would think as far as care. They're really high maintenance. They're very, I always, they're sensitive. And so you got to know, you got to know what you're doing. And um, anyways. Yeah. You need the proper equipment and stuff. But yeah, they do make, I mean, there's. Even Corbin said last week, like there's there's a lot of good starter pets if you're really into it. You know, I, I was just thinking. Uh, shout out to Derek. I don't know if he listens to the pod or not, but he just graduated from the zoo school there, 
and he's a snake expert. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to see him all the time, you know, and I see him on Facebook all the time posting stuff about snakes and that's where he, his love, you know, Corbin started out with reptiles Absolutely. as a young kid. Yeah. So, so some of them, but just making a, a, a decision, Hey, I want a reptile is, is probably not smart because, you know, they are a little bit tougher to keep. Um, you need to know what you're doing. The, I'm curious because, you know, I know there's not a ton of info out there, but reproductive strategies, I'm going to nerd out with you here because I've got some, some stuff I want to talk <laughs> about, but did you run across anything with like generation intervals? How, what's, how many in a clutch of eggs? How many do they have? Do you know any of that stuff? Sure. There's definitely some general information out there about alligator snapping turtle reproductive biology. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to note that they, their generation interval is anywhere from to 11 to 13 years or longer because that's, wow, that's when, really long. yeah, sexual maturity is reached around 12 years of age. It's, so if you think about it, like I know they live a long mm-hmm. time, but I mean, you know, and, and just from what little I know of, of turtles and, and torti that, you know, they, they have high, I, and I know this cause I looked it up the other day. They have high mortality as young sure. ones. Sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, how many of them are actually making it to 12 years of age? Right. And so then, I just want people to think that like, Oh, they have a hundred eggs. Wow, they could reproduce really quickly, which isn't necessarily true. The information about female alligator snapping turtles is that they will lay a nest of only 10 to 50 eggs. Oh, wow. Okay. Mating takes place yearly and typically in the spring for most of their range. Mm -hmm. And their gestation is about two months. And they will lay only about 10 to 50 eggs. Mm-hmm. So, and then how many of those eggs survive depend mm-hmm. on how much predation happens at the nest right. site. Right. And then how many survive to reproduce again when they're 12 years old or so. Right. It depends. Low, and right. they also believe that with alligator snapping turtles, although they might breed every year, they sometimes only produce a clutch every other year of eggs. Okay. Okay. So it's not okay. necessarily even every year. So that also brings their generation interval up higher too. Right. It's not like, you know, cause I think sometimes when you think of amphibians or reptiles that, you know, like we're seeing with the Burmese python in the sure. Everglades, like they're doing great. They're well, doing awesome. Right. Well, Chris, that's because the Burmese python doesn't really have any predators where exactly the alligator snapping turtle doesn't once it's a huge a hundred pound adult, but mm-hmm. when it's a little guy for a long time, it's a tasty yeah. meal for other large fish, raccoons, birds will get it go right. after its eggs. So right. it definitely does have um, some some predators when it's either yeah when it's an egg or when it's really little. Right, right. But what I what I dorked out on for a very long time, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is probably fine now that a lot of my graduation duties are are coming to an end for the most right. part. But what I found super fascinating, and I'd heard of this before, but I, this podcast mm-hmm. gave me a reason to dork out about it, is the fact that quite often in many turtle species, and most likely in the alligator snapping turtle, mm-hmm. is the temperature at which the eggs are incubated <laughs> in, in the sand or the dirt determines, are you kidding me? determines the sex of the offspring. <laughs> I was going to tell you, and I ran down that rabbit hole too. You did. No way. Well, yes. dude, is I totally, I was like reading papers left and right. Oh, like I wanted to answer this question. I know. It was gnarly. I mean, I, I, it was, I, well, it's, it's oh, the reproductive so biologist. Cause I'm like, what gene, yeah. what gene controls this? Is it the SRY gene or is it the, yeah. I know. And I'm like, why the hell would they even do this? Where did this even start? Wow, what's the like, point? Why temperature what's the dependent? Point? Yeah, no way. And, okay. So what you Well, find? and that's when I realized, I'm like, oh, wait a second. There's a whole group of people out there that are way smarter than me, like actually studying yeah. like, just <laughs> this part of reproductive evolutionary Gee. biology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it was... Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a rabbit hole, but it was, uh, I don't know if there's a way to describe a fun rabbit hole, but no, yeah. it's, um, that's funny. It is. It's, uh, I mean, it's, oh. so it's called temperature dependent sex determination right, and right. it's a form of environmental sex determination. I guess there's others out there, which I want to know more about. I didn't have time. Hopefully we'll, well do another I, species that, well, you know, you know, this one genetic sex selection. I mean, that's what, you know, we, reproductive biology, the sperm cell 
you know, for most mammals, it's X or Y gene or animals. I, I meant to say most animals. So, you know, if it's XX, it's female. If it's XY, it's male and it's the sperm cell. Right. So I always say in class, you know, I always say Henry VIII, sorry, it wasn't you. It, uh, it wasn't her. It was you. <laughs> right. You know, he, he, he kept wanting sons. He kept cutting off their heads, but it's like, dude, it's your sperm Right. You were throwing lots of X's, lots no of females, Y's. Right. It is, yes. yes. Now I, I have some theories and, and this is way beyond this podcast, but <laughs> you know, maybe in a future what we talk about, cause I think, I think the female actually does have, I know in some species it's true. They can actually select the X or Y, but this one. Yeah. So the, the temperature determination. So what did you find? What, how can you summarize? Well, so what I can summarize is that, yeah, there's basically the two types. There's the genetic sex termination, which is what mm-hmm. humans do with the chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And then there's this environmental sex determination or what the, yeah. what a lot of species of turtles and alligators mm-hmm. do. Depend on. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is temperature dependent. And so they have looked at this because it is such a cool phenomenon in alligator snapping turtles. So I did find a study from 1994 that their results looking at alligator snapping turtle temperature dependent sex termination showed that some embryos are temperature independent mm-hmm. because they become females no matter what even Regardless. if they, yeah, even if the temperature yeah. changes higher or lower. Right, so to, to kind of summarize what I found was the lower temperature results in males, higher temperature in females, and then that thermoneutral is a mix, right? Yes, and, and that's how I think it generally is for most species of turtles, but mm-hmm. the alligator snapping turtle, they think, might be able to defy that in some ways and, right. and not necessarily, uh, when the temperature is higher, have females. Um, right. So, and interestingly enough, Chris, it, just reading about all this, what I found is like, I always thought it was the higher temperatures had females and lower temperatures had males, right. but it's actually species to species. It does vary oh, as, wow, okay. as far as okay. that. Um, but okay. yeah, the, the alligator snapping turtle tends to follow that trend. And, and a lot of them do for, a lot of them do ha- for the higher tend to be female, but lower can sometimes also be female. And I think that the evolutionary biologists, reproductive biologists, Basically, one of the hypotheses is that the reason you want more female, if the environment is uncomfortable for whatever reason, mm-hmm, too hot, too mm-hmm. cold, the more females you have, the more chance you only need one male, right? Um, right. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, this is the, see, and I didn't, uh, this is what's kind of frustrating, but lovely about what we do. Because I've ran down this hole for literally like three hours. I like <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Papers like know, so- looking this up because I want to know why. I know. Why, 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 why? And I, I, there wasn't a silver bullet, no. I guess, Mm-mm. out there. There wasn't one answer well, on why. And this I think is. you're, there's a lot of biology. Well, I was just saying, you're, you're kind it. of more like the why evolutionary big picture guy. Mm-hmm. I tend to be more of like, physiologically like Finite. what gene yeah. is switching on what is switching off how does your body even right. know that i mean how does an egg that's barely yeah. developed know that it's hotter than it should be versus i mean i don't right. know that it blow it literally blows my mind uh, yeah. but chris i think for me i don't know which rabbit hole you went down but for me what this is really important about whether regardless of why big picture or why mm-hmm. uh from a physiological point of view is what does this mean with global climate change? I know that's the big thing. That I, is what is that is what's uh, for lack of better words is scary. Right. Um, for for these species such as turtles and certain alligator yeah. species that do have uh, temperature dependent sex determination. Because yeah, really check this out. In 2018, researchers right near you, um, mm-hmm. off the coast of Australia. Rain Island is one of the most important green sea turtle rookeries in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, uh, it's where a rookery is where female sea turtles from all around the Pacific lay their eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a study in 2018 found that 
For the past 20 years, there's been a lot more females than male hatchlings. Mm-hmm. And they believe recent studies, so probably from 2016, 17-ish, that females outnumber males 116 to 1. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And this is green sea yeah. turtles, the big, beautiful ocean turtles. We're, we'll, we'll definitely cover them now that I yes. found out about this information yeah, yeah, yeah. in the near future. And the research, one of the turtle scientists has basically said that this is – like they knew there's probably going to be a little difference. Like uh, that was their hypothesis. But this was like blow them out of the water extreme with an exclamation point. Right. That, I mean – that, that out of whack. Yeah, yeah, completely. And 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 this now once again this is only just the population that they looked at on Rain right. Island near you. Right. Uh so they don't know uh other parts just, of the world how you know how the what other species of turtles how this could be affected. Right, and obviously right. obviously nobody's looked at it in alligator snapping turtles. No, my no. Goodness, like yeah. uh, No, and everything about climate change is the poles are more affected. Sure. So that's where like the extre- extremes of of the planet it's warming quicker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, New Zealand, Australia, or like say Canada, uh, Europe, Northern Asia. So those areas are seeing more of a, a problem. So like just to hit my mind, like Siberia and the permafrost that's melting, dumping tons of carbon in the atmosphere. So it's just, oh yeah, I can only imagine for the turtles. So answering the big question of why, why did temperature sensitive? And that's what I've really looked for. You're right. The big picture part and I just – the only things I could find, and there's some different theories out there, is that the females tend to lay their eggs where their offspring have the best chance of survival. And so if they tend to dig a shallower nest, it will produce more females, or a deeper nest will produce more more males. Now, nests closer to the water, eggs are prone to predation Sure. of the eggs, right? The mm-hmm. eggs. So predators will dig up and eat the eggs. If they go deeper – and and go in further and say like you know from the stream bed or whatever, newborn turtles are more prone to get eaten. Sure, because they have to so, travel the yeah, water, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. you're screwed either way, right? Ugh. So the I to to give everybody you know yeah I spent hours looking at this. I didn't find any <laughs> clear determination. There was one on snapping turtles that they had all male or all female clutches. They actually had, if they were all female or all male, they actually had higher survival rates. Oh, interesting. But for some reason, yeah, for some reason, when they're born, they're they move less. They're they're more sedentary. Mm. They just they they don't move around as much. Whereas mixed clutches tended to kind of like scatter, okay. which is weird. But so visual predators like herons, like birds or bullfrogs, things that eat these babies. You know, things that scurry around, they're going to be attracted to eat. So these all male or all female clutches actually had higher survival rates. Hmm, okay. So there may be some sort of natural selection on incubation temperature or anti-predator behavior. You know, there's other theories out there that smaller females can't dig as deep as, you know, bigger females. Or it could just be totally random. I know. Some I th- environment. I know. I think I, mean, I need to go back yeah. and get another PhD. <laughs> I know, I know, no, 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 don't do that. No, Angie, it's interesting you talk about the climate stuff too. And with three species, like we said, they're really under threat and a 95% reduction in population. You know, things like uh, I read from the Fish and Wildlife that one oil spill could wipe out any one of those populations. Oh, yeah. Uh, the International Union of Conservation of Nature uh, declares the general group of alligator snapping turners, turtles as vulnerable. But like you said, if we break it into at least the two distinct species and or right. possible Maybe three, yeah. yeah, I mean, researchers know that the alligator snapping turtle is endangered in several states, including Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri. Uh, they're, they yeah. are protected by state law, so uh, the, um, the state governments have taken notice to that. Uh, but still, it's – they – like you said, an oil spill, but man, they've got a lot of other threats too going on. Yeah. I mean, climate yeah, change is for meat. huge. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, habitat alteration, exploit, um, exploitation by trappers, um, for yeah. this international, of course, market for their meat. Uh, right, and right. then as you, as you touched yeah. on watershed runoff, pollution, pesticide accumulation, um, so yeah, they think they've, de- right. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They think they've declined from like pressure. 95% from their historical range. Yeah. So they're, they're under a lot of, 
a lot of uh, threats. So yeah, just before we jump into the organizations, you know, I was thinking of conservation tips. I, the first thing that came to mind was reject turtle soup. Like, I don't know, unless you know where the turtle's coming from. You know, yeah, I don't even know if there's a turtle farm. Not a good like, idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it could be alligator snapping turtle. Don't eat them. But I, I really, you know, and I, I doubt many of our listeners would ever even eat that. But back to climate change and habitat destruction. So I was really, when I was, you know, after I, re- I came back from that rabbit hole and was not satisfied <laughs> with the answers, but at least my curiosity was was somewhat sated. Uh, you know, how do we reduce our carbon footprint? And I think that's one thing that we can start, you know, I know. little steps. I know, and see, look, at, I've been a bad student. I have not done the survey yet. To be- oh, I will. Oh, well, Jonathan did. I know, because he's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to jo- I yes. know. No, I'm going, it's yeah. on, it's on my list to do's. I've just, I was a little busy this yeah. week. So. <laughs> Jonathan in British Columbia, who's, who's under the average, by the way. So thank you uh, on Facebook. But yeah, so I was thinking like, okay, so maybe we give little tips and we just keep building, keep building. Like we started the pod talking about recycling with our children. So one thing I found was work on how you drive. You know, I used to be a lead foot. Especially my younger you years. You really? No. Younger years. No. You know, as we get older, then we turn into Sunday drivers. But, you know, try not to speed or accelerate really quickly. Like the one thing it's nice having a, not a snob, snob but having a hybrid is I can kind of see where that, that energy efficient sure, zone is. And I, I try yeah, to stay within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so, but if you learn how, and now it's just kind of second nature. Like I don't just stomp the, the pedal to the, the floor and take off. Because that burns fuel really quickly and it's the estimate, and this was from the government website, U.S. government website, Fuel Economy. So I'll put the link up, fueleconomy.gov, that if, you know, estimate speeding or unnecessary acceleration decreases fuel efficiency by 33%. That's. And then, yeah, for every five miles per hour over 50, it costs you about 20 cents more per gallon wow. of gas. Wow. And that's, so, and even kind of from an economical point of view, yeah. gas prices here in the States are going up. So, and I think they're supposed yeah, to right, keep yeah. increasing. So, I mean, it's just all around better to yeah. drive a less erratically. More efficiently. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because that's still, you know, we talked about other things like reducing meat consumption, things like that. Still, the the major carbon source is automobiles and sure. fossil fuels. Like that is that is the target. That is what's dumping. Remember, remember, yeah, for our listeners, we're losing six what six million pounds of carbon sink per minute with deforestation. So it's it's a race, and we're losing. But you know, we all need to to do our thing. So that was one thing I I thought of that we could all do. So what are some organizations we should look at? Well, Chris, I challenge any listeners out there that love, love, love alligator snapping turtles to start a conservation organization for them <laughs> because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find well, one. Yeah. I shouldn't, um, there were some, definitely some Facebook groups that I, uh, mm-hmm. joined just to become, um, learn more about them. So there's, there's Facebook mm-hmm. groups out there, but as far as a uh, true nonprofit com- uh, conservation organizations dedicated to just alligator snapping turtles or snapping turtles at hand. I couldn't find one. So if it's out there and I missed it, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, mm-hmm. please let me know. I always am all about doing corrections because yeah. Chris and I sometimes make some fumbles yes. here and there. We're not perfect. We do. But, we do. So yep. I just went for turtle conservation in general because obviously if you listen this long to the yeah. podcast and haven't fallen asleep, you must love yeah. turtles as much as Chris and I. <laughs> and they must have been part of your childhood like they were ours. Biting so, your lips, yes. Mm, biting your lips, all, all that jazz. Peeing on you, whatever. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> my first organization is called the Turtle Conservancy, mm-hmm. and they can be found at www.turtleconservancy.org. And the Turtle Conservancy is dedicated to protecting threatened turtles and tortoises and, and their habitat and their habitats worldwide. And they with that being said, they have worldwide programs from South African, the geometric tortoise preserve, uh, in Mexico. They uh, work with the good thorn scrub tortoise and the Bolson tortoise. Uh, they and they got a presence in New Jersey. 
New Jersey, mm-hmm. hey, uh, for yeah. a terrapin nesting project in Madagascar. They work with the plowshare tortoise in Hong Kong. They work with a golden coin oh, turtle. Cool. Okay. And so a lot of these guys are yeah. either endangered or critically endangered or vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think what's other really interesting about this group is that they have a huge star presence. And right. not, I didn't see Leonardo on there, but maybe yeah, uh, he, yeah. maybe he's slow to, to join. But Christopher Walken, yeah. Pamela Anderson, yeah. Ted Danson, Matt Dillon, <laughs> Slash, yeah. they all yeah. are big supporters of the turtle uh, of turtle conservation through this group, the Turtle Conservancy. So yeah, I've yeah. heard of them before. They're big. Mm-hmm. They're a big one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just basically, their strategy is fourfold. They uh, work on conserving their natural habitat, including mm-hmm. purchasing or land acquisition. Mm-hmm. And they also um, are supporters of maintaining captive breeding programs and AZA style accredited zoos and aquariums to help restore natural populations. And they work towards monitoring and helping to prevent trade, illegal trade that threatens mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. of our species. And then, of course, they do what Chris and I do. They do a lot of outreach as far as spreading yeah. global awareness. So so check out www.turtleconservancy.org or they have a really big Facebook presence. They have a, oh my goodness, maybe I'll be invited. They Last year they had a, um, a turtle ball in uh, New York City oh, to raise money. That's yeah. awesome. And so uh, yeah. I'm like, man, that I could get behind that, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we're, because of guest speakers. Yeah. They need guest Ooh. speakers. Me and Angie are yeah, ready. Have, I've got a yeah, place yeah, to stay. Yeah. You don't even have to like provide a hotel for me. I'll, uh, I'm not, we're, we're, we're cheap uh, and easy, right, Chris? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not cheap to fly here, fly there. But I will stay with Angie that's in the basement right, That's or right, that's so, right. So they're a really big group doing a lot of great things. And so check them out. Um, my second uh, conservation group to keep an eye on this week or to, uh, to look up mm. is fun. It's called... The Turtle Room. And they can be found oh, at theturtleroom.com. And, of course, they have a Facebook presence. And they mm-hmm. also want to uh, advance the survival of all the wor- world's turtles and tortoises through education, conservation, and research programs. They have a beautiful website, which I had a lot of fun playing around with, where you can look up different species mm-hmm. of turtles and tortoises by either their genus, the region, Mm-hmm. where like I live or you live or their um, IUCN status of whether they're endangered or they're not. And it's, so it was mm-hmm. really helpful to kind of give you a good um, overview of what's going on with different populations of turtles and however you want to look them up. They also partner with a lot of really good groups like the Association of Zoos and Aquariums or AZA. And then also mm-hmm. the Turtle Survival Alliance, which uh, helps monitor turtle mm-hmm. populations and this group specializes in the yellow margin box turtle, which is listed as endangered, the Vietnamese okay. black-breasted leaf turtle, which is mm-hmm. critically endangered, so go educate yourselves about that, right. the ring map turtle, which is vulnerable, mm-hmm. the Asian brown tortoise, vulnerable, and lastly, the common spider tortoise, which is critically endangered. So doing a lot of really good work for um, for our turtle, tortoise, terrapin friends. So yeah, check out theturtleroom.com. And yeah, you're going to love their website cool. and you're going to, that there's tons of information. So stuff that right, you and I don't right, have time yeah, to cover today. Awesome. They, mm-hmm. So to get to the bite force, oh, Angie. Yes. All right. So if you had to guess any animal on earth, which one besides snapping turtle, cause I'll tell you, it's not the snapping turtle. They're not the strongest despite that show years ago. So besides them, which one do you think has the strongest bite force? What jumps in currently living? Okay, that's helpful because yeah. I was going to say yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what jumps to my mind probably is like the great white shark. Yeah, yeah, no, great whites way under. They're they're not even average. the The number one is a crocodile. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Ooh. yeah, crocodiles yeah. are the strongest. They estimate five thousand pounds. PSI or per square inch. Wow. So they have the strongest bite force of any, any animal. And this is like science research. So it's not, you know, some TV show going out with a stick like, oh, right. They actually had some piece of equipment that measured this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, alligator snappy turtles are at a thousand PSI. So they're about mid list. There's a couple other animals on here I, w- I, I want to throw at you. The, uh, I'll save the, the big one for the end. Hippos. Okay. 
our friend Corbett's favorite yes. animal. 1800 PSI. Oh, yeah. So huge well, that's force. why I, it's so yeah. amazing that my husband would stick yeah. his hand in their mouth his and like tickle, yeah. tickle their gums as a way to like scratch them and reinforce yeah. their good behaviors. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, no I, thanks. I, no right? thanks. Yeah. Gorilla, 1300 PSI. Whoa, so that's interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so even gorillas are more than an alligator snap patrol. Now, a 1,000 PSI is still wow, but it's not the strongest. Now, the estimate for a T-Rex is 13,000 PSI. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Yeah. So Jurassic Park, you know, getting stomped or or chomped by one of them, no thanks. Wow. So what is a human? Now, humans is, you know, I did read snapping turtles were the same as humans. But I'm finding humans like 200 oh, PSI. So less. So not mm-hmm. quite as much. Yeah, not quite as much. And then just, you know, to, to wrap it up is the great white shark was about 4,000 PSI. Wow. So they're okay. up there. Okay. I mean, they're, you, you know, you, you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong to guess them, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, sorry, Crocs win. Now for us this week, if you can go visit us on Patreon and think about supporting the podcast a couple dollars a month, if enough people do that, help us pay the bills. You know, Angie and I are thinking about trying to get some better equipment. I do all the editing and mixing myself, so hopefully the audio is not too bad. Yeah, Chris is a saint. He does it all. I just show up and talk. Yeah, I know, I know, (laughs) but. I need, you know, I'd like to get a soundboard to see if I could, you know, some of the interviews, maybe clean up the the audio. But, you know, just visit us, you know, visit us. I think you can go on Patreon and, and just follow us. And then you get emails when we release stuff. And then please continue to, to subscribe, rate, and review. If you haven't, you know, share on Facebook yeah, or other I think social that's, media. I, yeah, I think that's a really big one is uh, in order to help us. I know when if you, if you search animal or education podcast, like we come up, but... Uh, it's just really hard to get the word out there. Yeah. And so if our fans can help us, yeah, tell a friend or share it on yeah. their, on their page or review us, that, that yeah. always helps too. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. No, but we love you. Thank you for sticking with us. And we will be back next week with a new species. We've got yeah, a bunch planned. Think, yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, it's really, we've got a good lineup in the next couple of weeks coming out. So it's yeah. really wonderful interviews coming Yeah. More interviews well. for sure. We're lining them up. We're lining them up. So, so thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Everybody have a good night or day or whatever, wherever you live. (laughs) Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.